Online dating is horrible, thought Heather. Maybe I'm better off just being a crazy cat lady. Fourteen cats can keep me company. Meow. She had been trying to make an online dating profile. She was hoping it would help her meet someone, but was full of second thoughts when she was uploading photos. She uploaded one of her hiking in the mountains, but then thought, well, she isn't quite that fit at the moment. So is that misrepresenting herself? She deleted it. She found a photo of her in a pretty sea green bridesmaid's dress with professional makeup and hair done, and she thought she looked really great. But would her potential date be disappointed then in the real her? Other photos weren't just right either. Her butt looked tremendous in that one, which someone might hate or love. Her hair looked frizzy in that one, and wow, too drunk in this one for sure. It felt like there was no way to safely show herself. There was always something someone could criticize or make fun of or use as a reason to not want to meet her. She knew, though, that without any photo, nobody would click on her profile, and she really wanted to meet someone. So she braced herself uploaded the photo in the bridesmaid's dress, and told herself, I'm not letting my fears hold me back. I'm not letting my fears hold me back. But no doubt about it, she was scared out of her mind. This is the Breaking Up with Binge Eating Podcast, where every listen moves you one step closer to complete food freedom. Hosted by me, Georgie Fear, and my co-coach, Mary Claire Brescia. We all have underlying beliefs about ourselves and life that may or may not be serving us well. These are the top three beliefs regarding appearance reported by our group. Number one, the first thing people will notice about me is what's wrong with my appearance. Number two, if I could look just as I wish, my life would be much happier. Number three, if people knew how I really look, they would probably like me less. As I said, these are just the top three out of many. Some of our clients said they had to really think hard when reading these because their logical brains immediately rejected them but then they realized emotionally they did buy into these to some degree. What I mean by this is you might say, oh, of course, people wouldn't like me more or less based on my appearance. But before meeting someone new, if you spend an hour in front of the mirror, maybe on some level you are succumbing to that belief. Unhelpful cognitions about our appearance tend to fall into a few patterns and I'd like to discuss some of them today. My hope is that the next time one comes up in your mind, you'll recognize it and know it's not true just because you think it. Here's a quote from my client, Amy. A few thoughts went into choosing, if I could just look as I wish, my life would be much happier. When I am at a lower body fat, I can simply choose any shirt-pant combination and go on about my day. When I'm at a higher body fat, much more concentration goes into ensuring 
that my outfit conceals bigger parts or the protrusion of my stomach. Also, clothes shopping is exhausting for me any day, but especially when the goal is to cover flaws. Those sound like small things, but I do feel like my mind gets considerably bogged down with the task of making sure no one can tell if I've gained body fat. I think I'd be happier if I were thinner because I could just put on clothes and go. This is an example of what I call the grass is greener fallacy. It may seem like being a different size or shape would be superior, but I suspect we can all identify with the frustration regarding clothes shopping. Women of all sizes fuss over their clothing, not looking good on them. While you fixate on finding clothes that don't highlight a rounded tummy, another woman in the next dressing room is likely frowning that her shirt is too baggy in the bust. She can't find a swimsuit to hide her flat chest. Um, that would be me. And she might think having some more curves up top would make her happy, and that she could finally just put on clothes and go. She's falling for the same grass-is-greener fallacy. The truth is, most people find it challenging to buy clothes. It's part of life. A second type of unhelpful appearance thought is the perfectionist focus. You can catch this sort of thinking because it makes you get really close to the mirror, trying to perfect that eyebrow or cover every single hint of skin blemish. It can also cause you to fixate on one specific part of your body you're uneasy about and ignore the other 90% of you. When you pass your reflection, do your eyes immediately dart to check if you have a thigh gap? Do you pivot to make sure your panty lines aren't visible? Scan your midsection for any muffin top going on? Here are two ways you can prevent this type of unhelpful thinking from keeping you trapped in front of a mirror for hours or checking your butt out 50 times a day. If you feel really bogged down trying to cover flaws like visible pores, panty lines, flyaway hairs, dimples on your legs, or not smooth contours of your body, give yourself a break. It's not your job to be perfect. Try on the idea of, I'm willing to put some effort into looking my best, but I don't need to go crazy. If it requires a lot of time, lots of money, or being really uncomfortable for long stretches of time, it might not be necessary. Second, back up from the mirror. Widen your field of view to your whole self, head to toe, rather than the two inches which feel like a magnet for your eye. The big picture is often just fine. We see a whole human being that might not look like those in the magazines, but looks absolutely fine. I like to look around me and marvel at all the amazing people I admire that don't have perfect bodies or are not particularly handsome or pretty from a societal norm sort of way, yet I find them to be magnificent. We are so much more than our appearance, and appearance itself is not a quantifiable or linear thing where we need to compare rank ourselves among others. We're all just us. Closely related to perfectionism, appearance assumptions can show up as a spotlight effect. The spotlight effect makes us feel like we are the center of attention and that everyone is going to scrutinize us, compare us to our previous selves, 
and gossip about our looks, like we are literally in a spotlight. If you are experiencing the spotlight effect, you might think things like, I don't want anyone to know I have gained weight, or what will they think when they see me in the wedding photos? The reality? People lose and gain weight all the time. This is not really important to other people. They are worried about themselves and really not all that invested in monitoring your shape and weight and noticing its changes over time. If they do notice, it's for a second or two, and then they move on to their next thought. Most people gain weight over time, so it's hardly newsworthy. Even if you are an A-list celebrity and photos of you actually do end up in the tabloids, tomorrow somebody else will be in the news. Appearance assumptions can also take the form of negative predictions. Our client Pat gave a great example of this, saying, I worry that people will look at me and just see a fat person, rather than all the things that I am. I don't know why, really, as I've never been insulted about how I look or fat-shamed. It's all internal. As Pat said, she had no evidence people would see her this way. Her fear was all created in her mind. Another client, Jenny, had a similar experience. She said, I've always had major body dysmorphia. I always feel like I'm the largest person in the room or group. But I look at pictures from years ago, and it just wasn't true. I look at those pictures and think, there wasn't anything wrong with me back then. Of course, now that I've gained weight, I think I'm as large as some of the people I see on TV that weigh 600 pounds. But that's probably not exactly true either. Just a distortion. One thing I try to do is when I catch myself lost in a set of negative assumptions is change the channel in my brain. I used to believe that my negative thoughts were somehow helpful and perhaps a way to problem solve. Most of the time, I think that they are not helping and I'm just getting stuck in a negative state that makes good choices even more difficult. So now I think that my thoughts are important. When I feel myself start to slide into that territory, I literally shake myself and move on to something else. Body image issues express themselves as recurring stories, like a radio channel playing the same songs over and over. It is possible, without going too deep, to just acknowledge any of these assumptions as a story. They aren't necessarily the truth. Just because we have a well-practiced story in our heads, we do not need to buy into it. We can notice it, identify it, and move on without debating it or fueling it. If you are listening to this podcast and you recognize some unhelpful assumptions like the ones we talked about in this podcast, you can practice changing the channel in your brain, stepping away from the mirror or backing up and being critical of your own criticism. If you have no evidence for something, maybe it's time to stop worrying about it. Remember, we all have a hard time with our bodies in some way or another, and changing yours isn't the path to happiness. The best way to feel freer is to focus less on how you look and how other people see you, and more on doing things that matter to you, connecting to other people, and letting them get to know you and all your talents, quirks, and abilities.